0: what's up everybody welcome to the fitness realty channel my name is tj mcclelland and i'm the broker i'm super excited to share all the things we have planned with you so sit back strap in and let's have some fun what's up everybody hey welcome back for episode 30 this one's gonna be kind of fun to talk about This is going to be 17 things about property investment. It's from Yahoo. I happened to see this article come out through my email and I was like, let me check that out. So then I read about the, I read the article and then I checked it out and was like, let's put this on the podcast because there are a lot of things that we need to talk about. So it is 17 brutal truths about property investment. No one else will tell you. So I'm hoping that this really does a dive into investing in property and then we'll see if there's some things that are kind of wonky in what people say on Yahoo. So without further ado, I'm going to be consulting the article down below. And so hopefully you guys will be able to understand all the principles that are in here. Okay, so this first one, the first topic says property markets go through cycles. So obviously there are cycles, there are high markets, there are low markets with investing in property. Right now, you guys can see we're at an all time high and we continue to put Push that all time high even higher. So, we are setting new highs, which is kind of insane. People thought that the interest rate pumps would curb the market and make it slow down. We just haven't seen that in Utah. At the time of shooting this and recording, we were just climbing and climbing. So, we'll see when this is launched if that is an evergreen type of scenario, see if it's still rising. But the article does say over the long term, the value will of well-located residential real estate does increase. Uh, but there are times that every property cycle when values stagnate. So that would be a flat line or sometimes they can come down and there's very short periods while it comes down. So it does take a long time to rise. So you guys can see that we've been growing since the 0708 crash and we've just been on a, a trajectory to rise from there. Side note really quick for the Salt Lake County market, I've been tracking the data on there for a long time, but the downturn started to happen in 07 and we actually hit our rock bottom average home price in 2011. So it actually took a lot longer than maybe this article is suggesting To come down and a lot of that was we were really sheltered here in utah from some of the market conditions that made it fall very quickly in other markets and then as you can see we've been on a rise from 2011 in there for in salt lake county all the way up to today where we're just continuing to push those new highs So you can see the downturn happens relatively quickly, a little slower in our market, but you can see it happen faster than the uprise that's happening right now. So this article says A-grade homes and investment-grade properties are less volatile, but at times even the value of these properties can fall. So that is a hard truth, right? It doesn't matter when it happens, but it will happen. Someday there will be a downturn of the prices And we will see that market kind of shift into more of a buyer's market where you can kind of select what you really want. Okay. Up next is you need a significant amount of money to invest. That is just false. But this article does make it sound like it is a hard truth with it making it so that if you do the traditional route where you're 25% down for your investment, yes, you need a pretty sizable down payment to get an investment property. However, and this is just me speaking outside of this article, there are a lot of ways that you can house hack and get some income out of your current property or Move to the next property and make that your primary residence and then keep your home that you moved from as your first rental or second or third if you're making that jump several times. So in my opinion, the way to get the next rental to make it the easiest is to move into the next home as your primary residence and use cheap financing like FHA or VA or some very low down payment conventional programs and then turn your old home into your first rental which probably has better market conditions for it anyways if you've kept the payment pretty low, you know, or not refi it and pulled all the equity out of it and ballooned up your payment or anything. So hopefully that gives you an insight. There are ways you can kind of get around that. So in my opinion, that third truth or a brutal truth, there's caveat to that. All right. And then this, this does say financial independence through property. There is a brutal truth there that there is room for you to get the financial independence through property and rentals. It does take some time though. And so some people are like, oh, this is going to be my get rich quick scheme. That just doesn't happen. So if you're looking at it as fulfilling your complete income on one property That's probably not the case, but there are ways to really kind of boost your earning potential. Plus, with real estate depreciation, you can really kind of protect yourself from taxes, which... I'm hopefully doing a full episode on tax depreciation for rental property. So this brutal truth about it being hard to reach financial independence, let's be honest, a lot of the millionaires out there earn their millions in real estate. And in real estate, you can stay a millionaire based on the rules and laws that are already there. It just does take time. So I guess you can't do it quick unless you're maybe flipping homes and you really get a good deal. Maybe you can make a couple million that way. But In my opinion, the long term strategy is way more financially sound and can set you up for passive wealth plus generational wealth. All right. Number four says saying I'll be fearful when others are greedy and I'll be greedy when others are fearful is much easier than doing it. That's true. This article says most investors are overly optimistic during booms when they should be cautious which is true right now so maybe a little bit of caution is good and most pessimistic during downturns when they are surrounded by opportunities so one day when this market shifts And we go stagnant for a little bit and maybe even downturn. During that downturn, those are the opportunities. So if you're setting yourself up for success with extra purchasing power during a downturn, that'd be great. Number five, no one really knows what the market will do in the short term. Duh. I mean, if I had a crystal ball for the market, that would be insane. And I would be way more wealthy than now. (laughs) But we just don't have the crystal ball. So sticking to the fundamentals is how you win Through not having a crystal ball, a lot of the things that can happen through there are just getting into pieces of property that cash flow. So even in a downturn, typically rental or rent don't go down as fast as prices. And so if you're in a positive cash flow scenario, most of the time you're going to maintain that positive cash flow during the downturn. So in my opinion, that really does protect you, and so you can have those market conditions even come down and then go back up, and you're still protected. Number six, real estate investment is a game of finance and some properties are thrown in the middle. That is very true. There, It is a game of kind of a shell game. Where's your money? Where's your capital? What's working? What's not? What's cash flowing? What's not? Where do we have rent increases? What's not? So it is a very good game with that capital. Monopoly is the game out there that most closely aligns with all of this property stuff. So you really do want to make sure that you understand the game before you get started. But there are a lot of people that treat it like a game. And once you understand all the rules, it is very easy to excel and to make money during that. All right, number seven for Brutal Truths property investment is meant to be boring. It is very, very true that most of the time with property investing, it is very, very boring. There are not a lot of bells and whistles. It's like, it's the opposite of watching it on HGTV when people are like, I have a million dollar budget for this great home and we're gonna go shopping. Real estate investment is more like, hey, we ran a 100 deals and all of them, the numbers don't make sense. And then maybe you find that diamond in the rough that's like, hey, this produces $200 a month in cash flow. And maybe that's your number that you're trying to hit. That's not sexy, right? Like that isn't being glamorized on the media or anything like that. So it, it is really kind of boring to do. In my personal case, we bought a rental in uh, middle of 2021. And it's in Missouri. And it's cash flowing pretty well. It's not like super heavy on cash flow, but it is positive cash flow scenario but it it's really kind of boring nothing really happens with it we aren't maintaining it all the time we're not getting calls which is great by the way there isn't a lot of stuff that is going wrong with it so i love that part but the interesting part is it's boring like we talk about it and it is passive wealth but it's not like wow that's exciting that let us go on a cruise or something you know like it's just hey right now this is where it's at it is brand new for us so The cash flow is pretty light, so we'll just progressively get there. Maybe in 10 years, I'll be like, hey, that is doing really well, and maybe it is sexy then, but that's 10 years from now, so it's not glamorized, right? So it is pretty boring once you get into that. I guess if you're doing a lot of flips or uh, things like that, you could have a lot of excitement with that, and that would be more active investing, I guess rather than what I'm doing with long-term holds being very passive. Okay, number eight, there is more free property information available today than ever before, but much of it is useless. I find this to be so, so true. Right now, we're in a mecca of people trying to teach how to flip homes, how to wholesale, how to get into real estate investing. There's a class like every weekend here in Salt Lake, or just in general, you can just look up on Facebook or meetups that are teaching real estate investing so much of that information is taught from a book that they have no clue that they've actually done any of it and then also some of it they're really charging you a crazy price which if you're getting great value out of it yeah go learn and get a mentor and a coach I'm all for that. Like paying for a great mentor and a great coach is crucial. Those people, if they're really good, can help you mold your life and actually make you excel. However, since there is so much information out there right now, it's just insane. You're sifting through all the stuff that's fluff. You're also kind of trying to sift through the stuff of people trying to take advantage of other people. So you really need to be cautious there. The internet did make it so that the information is readily at your fingertips. And there is a lot of it. So just be really cautious there. Something I'd like to add to that really quick is that we offer a lot of investing strategies. We're not paid coaches. The way we get paid is if you purchase a home through us then of course there's commission to be paid there. So we do excel at representing buyers and sellers for property. I am not gonna tell you that I'm the investing coach. I have access to coaches that teach that though. All right, number nine, be careful who you listen to. I guess that's in caveat to the last one. There are a lot of people screaming that they know the best possible strategy in real estate. You've heard the old saying, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat, which is kind of gross by the way, but there are a lot of ways to make money in real estate and there are new ways being made up all the time some good some bad some scammy so just be very cautious about who you're listening to number 10 there is virtually no accountability for the many property gurus and their hotspot predictions (laughs) man if if this isn't like the truest statement out of all of these this is insane msnbc yahoo even forbes they're always talking about like the crash of real estate the recession is happening it's it's gonna happen with us people have been saying hey we're gonna head into a recession next year they've been saying that for the last like six or seven years so they have none of the predictions so the thing that we kind of touched on earlier is use the market strategies that work in every market there's an old saying about timing the market is bad and time in the market is good so getting your foot in the market that's the benefit right there just putting yourself into the market and getting a piece of property and not timing the market because over the long run time has shown that most people with a long enough horizon will do well in real estate. So maybe you buy a property and it goes down in the first year, but maybe over the next 18 years, it really balloons. And so the time horizon, you should look at it as being very long instead of trying to do a short term. When you're focusing on long term, those are the strategies that can really help you be beneficial and can get you over the short term pitfalls that happen all the time. But they are pumping out their fear all the time in the market. You could literally go to most economic websites and you'll see articles about recession and you'll see articles about booms on the same platform. So they're just pumping views and news. So just just be cautious of what you're reading out there, because a lot of it will play both sides depending on what you're looking for. And if their algorithm shows that you like to look at all the negative stuff, They'll just keep feeding you that anyways and getting the views that they're looking for when they're not actually being truthful. They're just spitting a bunch of stuff that they think and nobody knows the the timing of the market anyways. All right. The more comfortable. Oh, this is number 11. The more comfortable an investment feels, the more likely you are to be taken by marketers or salespeople. It's very, very true. Just be cautious about what investment you're going to try to pull the trigger on out there. Even if it looks like a great turnkey deal, do your due diligence. If people are saying it is too good to be true, it might be. Maybe it is really good in some numbers, so take a look at that. Currently, at the time of this shooting, we were looking at a North Carolina property that is cash flowing really bad right now, but the owners don't know what they're doing with it. And so we are looking to pick up and purchase that property. But the numbers look really good when we're looking at it for ballpark figures. So in my opinion, you really need to do your due diligence and make sure that the numbers are something that if you had to be really conservative, do they still work? So be really cautious on your anticipation of what numbers you're looking for And make sure that you don't overinflate that to get a different picture than, than maybe what could possibly happen. Okay, so you shouldn't be comfortable with an investment. Get uncomfortable, learn about it, do your due diligence, and if it looks good at the end of that, pull the trigger on it. All right, number 12. Despite what most would like to think, the biggest difference between ultra successful property investors and the rest is not their property strategy or their investment secrets they have secrets in quotations. So what they're saying is both groups only have access to the same investment vehicles, properties, shares, and businesses. So across the board, there are opportunities out there that are the same, same homes, same type of homes, same apartment complexes, stuff like that. We're all using the same government strategies for tax depreciation, tax leverage, 1031s. That's a whole nother episode. So there are a lot of things that that are the same across the board that way. But what makes the rich people more successful is the way they think. It's their mindset. It is rich habits. Let's say with strategies for holding long-term investment property, if you're not using some of the tax tax depreciation ideas, then you just need to learn about that. So maybe that's a knowledge piece. But a, a mindset with rich or People that might not be rich while holding pieces of property. If you're blowing all the money as you're getting it in monthly and not getting ready for a large expense, that might hurt you later on. Whereas a rich person might be having their mindset be, all right, we're going to tuck all that money away. We don't really need it. And when a $20,000 roof comes up, that doesn't kill the deal. That just makes us so. Yep. We were planning on it. We have expenses for it. Cut the check, get a new roof and keep on pressing. So it really is a mindset that way, once you've gone past all the knowledge pieces, right? So there is a level of knowledge that you need to obtain. But once you've hit that and obtained that, then you can move forward to the mindset shift that you really need to make sure that you're holding on to some of your money making sure you're protected for expenses later on. All right, number 13, if you have credit card debt and are thinking about investing, stop. I'm kind of on the fence about that. Yes, having credit card debt, if you have a lot of that, you need to get it paid down. That will hinder your debt to income ratio so that you might be able to get into an investment property. However, I know a lot of successful investors that do carry some credit card debt and that just helps their credit, helps having their revolving credit going as well. Sometimes people are using credit card to do their upgrades for a live-in flip or something. So it's up to each person to handle that as your finances kind of dictate. So I'm not saying you can't have credit card debt, but if you do minimize that, that does help your debt to income ratio so that you can get into the next property like I've talked about on the previous steps. All right, number 14, residential real estate is a high growth, relatively y- low yield investment. So, in my opinion, this is this is pretty true, but there are four pieces that are in the velocity of money if you've watched that episode with Frank Dippold and the four they, they have four quadrants. First year yield, so that's like what the cash flow looks like outside of that property. And then you have the amortization, that's somebody paying down your mortgage for that property. And then you have depreciation which is protecting you against taxes, and then you have appreciation which is the very last one, and that is the high growth area that this key principle is talking about. So, the low yield, that is a misnomer I think because there are a lot of deals that do have high yield and high growth, right? So I forgot what word I was looking for. I was gonna say appreciation, but it's growth as well. So there are a lot of deals that can have a pretty high yield and high growth at the same time. So this this fact is not the be all end all. There are deals that can find the high growth and high yield at the same time. What's interesting is there's a calculator that I have access to from Frank and I just punch the numbers in there. And if the deal has a high yield, Typically, the rest of the three quadrants are really golden and really cushy. So once you find a high yield, there's, there's an avenue right there that you can really do well and make sure that this investment looks good. All right. Number 15. Just because a property goes up in price doesn't mean it's a great investment. That is so true. However, using those four quadrants, yield, amortization, depreciation, and appreciation. If you're only looking at appreciation, potentially the deal is not that good. So, you really do need to make sure you're doing your due diligence on that. And so this is a very true principle here. Just because the price goes up in appreciation doesn't mean that all of the other factors are doing well. Case in point, Utah is a high growth, high appreciation market right now. And the rents just haven't caught up as fast. And so there are a lot of avenues where you could get yourself in trouble by buying a piece of property or investment property here if you're not looking at all the factors. If you're only looking at appreciation and that appreciation comes really slow or the market downturns, uh, you could be in a world of hurt in that investment. So make sure that each one of those quadrants is checked off and looks good before you pull the trigger. All right, number 16, there are three stages of your property investment journey. All successful investors go through the following three phases. Firstly, there is an asset accumulation stage, which requires leverage, owning high growth properties. Second, you slowly reduce your loan to value ratio. And then the third is the tax depreciation or tax leverage, which most investors skip apparently by this article because they just don't know any better. So I would say say, just be cautious about what you're doing. Well, not you're not even cautious, become knowledgeable about how this process works. And I think the real reason that the stages there are first, you got to accumulate. I mean, if you're not accumulating, you don't even get on the train. and Nothing happens anyways. And then number two, when you're lowering your debt to income ratio, or your let's see, they have loan to value ratio is you're doing that. If you have renters in there, naturally going to be doing that. As long as you don't refi it every few years and pull all the money out to get a boat or something. Not saying that's a bad idea. Just saying, make sure you know what you're doing. And then the third one, the uh, kind of... Getting off the train or using your tax depreciation, there is strategies to that to avoid taxes and avoid paying a lot of capital gains taxes. And a lot of people skip that because they just want to keep on holding the property for uh, in perpetuity or maybe offering it to their kids. So this is a true statement about kind of these three stages, accumulating, paying down your debt then figuring out what you're going to be doing with those assets. So that one's pretty arbitrary, I guess, or self explanatory. All right, lastly, thanks for sticking around with me this entire time. I know this is getting a little long on a video, but 17, however many properties you think you'll need to provide cash flow for your retirement, double that. I don't love this truth. I think that if you're if you're Making a strategy and you actually make the strategy very sound, just doubling it so you can make sure that you're in a cushy life. I feel like that's a weird statement to make. I mean, in the first place, if you make sure that your strategy looks good on paper and then really getting those factors into place, even X factors is what they're talking about here, or the unexpected factors, you can strategize and actually put those into your plan. So I don't necessarily think you have to double that to make sure that you're all set up for retirement. However, I do find that most people don't strategize well enough and they don't actually understand the pitfalls that may come around. So I do think that you need to make your strategy very conservative so that you can make sure that it is very robust and kind of has proof that outside influences won't be able to break that down however just doubling it just sounds kind of like a crapshoot so in my opinion just do your due diligence on your plan and make sure it fits all right that's been 17 brutal truths from yahoo all about property investing i do feel like some of them were over the top or kind of crazy or not useful whatsoever so i tried to add value to some of the statements and tried to help make sure that you understand that there are some different nuances with each one of those principles So just excited that you stayed around this long with me. Wanted to say thank you. I'm very grateful for all the support. I love you guys. And we'll see you next time. Bye. (laughs) And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for supporting us. We'll see you next time. And we love you. Later.